For Palm Sunday, we are continuing our Lenten sermon series, Look to Jesus, and spending time with the I Am statements from the Gospel of John to help us renew our faith, frame our identity, and determine our purpose. In the Gospel of John, Jesus makes a series of statements starting with the words, I am. For followers of Jesus, these statements help us understand who God is and therefore help us understand who we are, what our purpose is, and give us a sense of direction. For today's message, we will be reflecting on John 10, 1 through 18, which includes two related I am statements of Jesus. I am the good shepherd and I am the gate of the sheep. Before we hear our scripture reading, I'd like to get us oriented to where we are in the Gospel of John and the events surrounding these two I Am statements, because the context of what comes before Jesus' speech will help us to understand the meaning. Just before Jesus makes these two I Am statements in the Gospel of John, Jesus has healed a man born blind, who then becomes a disciple of Jesus. The religious leaders, who are opposed to Jesus's, to Jesus, challenge this healing, questioning the man, saying, What did he do to you? How did he heal your eyes? The man tries to explain multiple times that Jesus put mud on his eyes, the man washed it off in the pool of Siloam, and then the man could see, but the leaders continue pressing him. The man replies to them, I already told you and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then the religious leaders insult the man, saying, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses, but we don't know where this man is from. The man answers, This is incredible. You don't know where he is from, yet he healed my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. God listens to anyone who is devout and does God's will. No one has ever heard of a healing of the eyes of someone born blind. If this man wasn't from God, he couldn't do this. They responded, You were born completely in sin. How is it that you dare teach us? Then they expelled him. After the man has been expelled, Jesus finds him and reveals himself as the one who healed the man. And remember, the man has never seen Jesus before, only heard and felt him, because the man's sight returned as he washed himself in the pool of Siloam. The man sees, then believes, and worships Jesus. After this, Jesus begins a conversation with the religious leaders alluding to the idea that they, unlike the man whose sight he has restored, are still unable to see. And our reading for today is Jesus' speech directed towards these religious leaders, as Jesus reveals more about who he is and why he has come. As the scripture is read, listen for the two I am statements and notice what qualities you hear Jesus saying the Good Shepherd has. Qualities like caring for his sheep, leading his sheep, protecting his sheep. Let's listen. 
As we prepare to hear the scriptures read, we pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Today's reading comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. I assure you that whoever doesn't enter into the sheep pen through the gate but climbs over the wall is a thief and an outlaw. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The guard at the gate opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Whenever he has gathered all of his sheep, he goes before them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger, but will run away because they don't know the stranger's voice. Those who heard Jesus use this analogy did not understand what he was saying. So Jesus spoke again, I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life, indeed, so that they could live life to the fullest. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When the hired hand sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. That's because he isn't the shepherd. The sheep aren't really his. So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. He's only a hired hand, and the sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I give up my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that don't belong to this sheep pen. I must lead them, too. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me. I give up my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I give it up because I want to. I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it up again. I receive this commandment from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Have you ever noticed that when you are walking with a friend, the two of you begin to match pace and steps, stopping and starting together, usually without planning? For humans, it's well known that people will synchronize their behavior like this when in pairs. But what about two different species, like a person and an animal? I recently read an article about some research that was done on dogs and their owners. The researchers were interested in what they called interspecies synchronizations. Their question was, will two different species, in this case humans and dogs, this is Wyatt, will they synchronize their behavior the same way people do? So the researchers had people bring their pet dogs to a large empty warehouse where the Dog owners then walked around inside with the dogs off-leash. Since they were off-leash, the dogs were free to go wherever they wanted in the new space. But it turned out that the majority of the time, the dogs stayed close to their owners, 
moved when the people moved, stood still when the owners were standing still, and mostly gazed in the same direction as their owners. The researchers noted in their abstract that the owners acted as attractors for their dogs in an indoor space, as mothers do for your, their children. If you have had the experience of having a well-attached dog in your family, a study that tells you that your dog likes to be near you may elicit the reaction, duh, I can't believe they needed a study to figure that out. But I guess knowing something intuitively and having the science to back it up are two different things. Anyway, I think this article caught my eye because I was thinking about Jesus' parable of the Good Shepherd. And Jesus talked about how the sheep follow the shepherd and know his voice. And what I know about sheep is limited to what I've read in learning about the Bible, the fair, the county fair, and visiting farms. But I have a dog, and I know how much he follows me around and how well he knows my voice. And the sheep in the parable kind of reminded me of my dog and helped put me in the frame of mind to better understand Jesus's message. I imagine that sheep may follow their trusted shepherd the same way a dog follows the humans it trusts and depends on. So I'm going to let Wyatt go, and then we'll continue talking about the Good Shepherd. Thank you, Wyatt, for your help. Unlike me, who needs a dog for an object lesson, the people in Jesus' time would likely have been familiar with sheep and sheep herding. And Jesus often spoke in metaphorical language that would have been relatable to the people at the time. And it's not just Jesus in the Bible who speaks of God as shepherd or shepherds and sheep. The Hebrew scriptures regularly refer to God as a shepherd. Think of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, for example. The religious experts Jesus was speaking with would have been familiar with the concept of God as a shepherd to God's people. And it is not only God in the Hebrew scriptures that is compared to a shepherd. Sometimes the religious leaders were referred to as the shepherds to the Israelites. In books like Ezekiel, Zechariah, and Isaiah, you can see this symbolism of religious leaders and God as shepherds. In fact, Jesus may specifically have had the words of the prophet Ezekiel in mind as he was trying to convey his message to the religious leaders in the Gospel of John. You may remember that the prophet Ezekiel lived in the 6th century BCE and was exiled to Babylon for part of his life. Ezekiel prophesied against the religious leaders of his day, calling them out for getting rich while turning a blind eye to the suffering of the people, saying, The Lord God proclaims to the shepherds, Doom to Israel's shepherds who tended themselves. Shouldn't shepherds tend the flock? You drink the milk, you wear the wool, and you slaughter the fat animals, but you don't tend the flock. You don't strengthen the weak, heal the sick, bind up the injured, bring back the strays, or seek out the lost. But instead, you use force to rule them with injustice. After condemning the exploitative behavior of the religious leaders, Ezekiel goes on to say 
that God promised that a shepherd would eventually come for the people. The Lord God proclaims, I myself will search out, search for my flock and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out the flock with some in the flock have been scattered, so I will seek out my flock. I will feed them in good pasture and their sheepfold will be there. I myself will feed my flock and make them lie down. I will seek out the lost, bring back the strays, bind up the wounded, and strengthen the weak. This is what the Lord God says. You are my flock of my pasture. You are human, and I am your God. The full passage is a lot longer than this, but you get the gist. If you want to check out the full passage, it's Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 31. From reading Ezekiel, we can see that centuries before Jesus came on the scene, Ezekiel was prophesying that the religious leaders of his day were not good shepherds to the people, and that God would rescue them eventually, because God is a good shepherd who seeks the well-being of the sheep in God's care. Many hundreds of years after Ezekiel, Jesus' words pick up on this theme of God as a shepherd rescuing God's sheep. In Jesus' speech, Jesus tells the religious leaders that he is the good shepherd who has now come for his sheep. Consider that he makes this speech just after the man who was born blind was cast aside. Notice that the man, before he was healed, wasn't able to see Jesus. He knew Jesus by his voice and by his healing actions, just as Jesus says, the sheep know their shepherd by the shepherd's voice. Consider also that the religious leaders object to Jesus by saying, we know that God spoke to Moses, but we don't know where this man is from. When Jesus tells the leaders he is not a thief or an outlaw climbing over the wall, but the one who enters through the gate. Jesus is answering the question of where he is from. He is the one sent legitimately from God to lead the people back to God. The religious leaders don't understand what Jesus means by the analogy of the thief and the shepherd though. So Jesus tries again saying, I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life indeed, so that they could live life to the fullest. Here we have an I am statement. I am the gate of the sheep. Jesus' reference to the gate of the sheep can be interpreted multiple ways. First, sometimes shepherds would put away their sheep in a fenced enclosure that had an open end on one, uh, open end on one end so that the sheep could go in and out. And the shepherd would sit across the entrance to keep them from wandering out at night. But also there was an entrance to Jerusalem near the Pool of Bethesda known as the Sheep Gate. And you might remember the Pool of Bethesda was a place known for healing, 
where Jesus himself was known to have healed a man. And the sheep gate entrance was possibly the best place for people to bring their sheep into the city on their way to make a sacrifice at the temple. Putting the sheep gate ideas together, the way I understand the statement, I am the gate of the sheep, is that Jesus was identifying himself as a protector of his sheep, keeping them safe as they go in and out in life, as well as the one who would lead them to God, illuminating the qualities of leader and protector that we will see again as Jesus begins to talk about himself as the good shepherd. So next Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When the hired hand sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. That's because he isn't the shepherd. The sheep aren't really his. So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. He's only a hired hand and the sheep don't matter to him. Notice in saying, I am the good shepherd, Jesus brings us back to the motif in the Hebrew scriptures of God as the good shepherd revealing that Jesus has come from God to lay down his life for the sheep, again illuminating his qualities as leader and protector, and contrasting his divine leadership with that of the religious leaders, who, in this case, we might interpret as being the hired hands who let the sheep get scattered. Again, bringing us back to Ezekiel, who blamed the religious leadership in part for the Babylonian exile. Jesus is also here foreshadowing his imminent death, knowing he will soon literally lay down his life for his people. Next, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. I give up my life for the sheep. The qualities of the good shepherd that Jesus lifts up here are qualities of the relationship that the shepherd has with his sheep. He knows his sheep well, and his sheep are able to know him too. The word here for know in the biblical Greek implies intimacy, as in knowing someone through personal experience with them. This intimacy of relationship between sheep and shepherd is probably what brought to mind for me the loving relationship between a dog and its owner because this is a relationship I understand well. A good dog owner knows her dog from spending so much time with him, knows his moods and temperament, knows what the dog needs, feeds him and cares for him, giving love as well as teaching discipline. I imagine that this kind of relationship can develop with other creatures like sheep. A good shepherd knows his sheep through spending time with them and the sheep come to know and trust their shepherd. Jesus again says that the sheep know his voice, which is a marker of close relationship. My dog will come to me, but if a stranger calls him, he will not go to that person. Also, remember the world before caller ID? You would know the voice of family members and good friends right away on the phone, but not the voice of a stranger. Still, we're immediately suspicious of a stranger on the phone who's probably trying to sell us something or steal our information. Jesus has said, I know my own sheep and they know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. 
Jesus reminds us of his intimacy with God, comparing his relationship with God to Jesus's relationship to people as the shepherd of God's flock. This again illuminates Jesus's qualities as the one who will lead the people back to God. Jesus also reveals that his role as the good shepherd extends to other flocks, saying, I have other sheep that don't belong to this sheep pen. I must lead them too. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Here, Jesus reveals that his leadership, grace and care extend beyond the people that the religious leaders he is speaking with would identify as belonging to the group. Outsiders will be brought in as well, united by the good shepherd as one diverse flock. This bringing of the flocks together has been generally interpreted by Christians as meaning that Jesus would usher in non-Jews or Gentiles as believers. But I've noticed that often when we think of Gentiles, we modern day Christians narrow our focus to mean people that look and believe like us. And we assume the work of bringing the flock together is finished now since we're here in Jesus's flock, which is exactly the kind of rigid thinking Jesus was warning the religious leaders of his day against. So I do wonder if Jesus had something more in mind here. I don't have the answer, but I think it's worth reflecting on the fact that we Christians were once the other sheep and asking ourselves who we are keeping out of the metaphorical sheep pen that Jesus would be inviting in. Finally, Jesus says, this is why the Father loves me. I give up my life so that I can take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I give it up because I want to. I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it up again. I received this commandment from my Father. This statement is so, so important. It is the heart of our theology of grace. Jesus gives up his life because he wants to. It's his life and his right to give it up. His is a voluntary obedience to God and is one of the mysteries of the intimacy of the Trinity. Jesus wants to give love and mercy, not because we deserve it, but solely because Jesus, as the good shepherd, Jesus voluntarily lays down his life for his sheep. He chooses love and mercy when he does not have to. This is true grace. Overall, in John 10, by using the metaphors of the gate of the sheep and the good shepherd, Jesus was revealing his identity as the one sent from God to lead God's people back to God. As the Good Shepherd, Jesus then and now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, cares for God's people, leads them, guides them, protects them, knows each sheep well, and saves them by his gracious act of giving up his life. As followers of the Good Shepherd, how might this text be relevant to us today? As Christians, we believe that Jesus's ministry death on the cross and resurrection provides salvation for the world. Yet we live in the in-between time, knowing that Jesus has already come and trusting that he will come again. 
In this in-between time, we must look to Jesus as our good shepherd, trusting that he wants to have a relationship with each of us, having faith in his leadership and protection in our lives, having gratitude for his grace, and relying on him for our salvation. Because today is Palm Sunday, I started the service in the call to worship by asking us to imagine ourselves amongst a throng of people shouting Hosanna or save us as Jesus rode by, just as the people did on the first Palm Sunday, because we are individuals in need of salvation who live in a world in need of salvation from a multitude of sins. Salvation from selfishness and hate, racism, sexism, violence, by a culture that is enslaved by a warped sense of individual liberty over community responsibility, and gripped by false idol worship of things like guns, power, wealth, and fame. Earlier, I referenced synchronized behavior, that people will match pace when they walk. It's true that other people around us influence our behavior, and we influence them as well. Our call as Christians is to look to Jesus as our leader and for our salvation. As the gate of the sheep, Jesus reminds us that good leaders aim to strengthen the weak, heal the sick, bind up the injured, bring back the strays, and seek out the lost. And as followers of Jesus, when we have the opportunity to lead, we should lead with these values. And in our communities and nation, we should follow and support others who aim to uphold these values as well, always keeping Jesus in the forefront as our true leader. In John 10, 16, Jesus reminds us that it has always been his plan to bring diverse flocks together and that his love and care extend beyond the limits that those that we see as extends beyond the limits that we see as belonging to our own flock. And our love and care should extend beyond the walls of our own sheep pen too. As we look to Jesus, our good shepherd, he leads us on the way to living lives marked by gracious love for others. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he loves and cares for each one of us intimately, so much so that he gave his life for us. Thanks be to God. Amen.